And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just something I've noticed, bargain hunting is back. I mean, bargain hunting's always been around. We always love a great deal. But man, everywhere you look, people are bargain hunting. You know, there's so many great ways to find great deals. Hey, I have a great find in your bargain hunting journey. Book online at motel6.com. Use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a price that's a real bargain when you use the code CPREDEYE. That's the letters CP Red Eye, all one word, for 15% off your stay at motel6.com. That is a bargain. That's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. This is Red Eye Radio. Hello and welcome. He is Gary McNamara. I'm Eric Harley as we begin a Friday. Gary, hello. I'm just glad winter is over for us. Yeah, it's done. It's 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 done for us. And we're thinking about everybody in the Northeast. They got that Arctic, the Arctic vortex, as they call it, hitting them. Mm-hmm. They're going to have some... Really, really, really cold temperatures. Yeah, but, uh, wind chill warnings in effect for what they say, 16, 17 million people. Yeah. They always, they always now, they always say how many are in the group that are affected. <laughs> right? Yes, they do. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, just good to be able to uh, be in uh, today. It just got, uh, when you get that freezing rain that, you know, if it if you get freezing rain and then 18 hours goes by, mm-hmm. you're pretty good. You can drive on some of the ice as i did the first two days of the storm mm-hmm. uh you can you can drive on that because it's more it's rough it's rough ice yeah but when you get freezing rain and then the freezing rain continues that's impossible you know to to drive on here mm-hmm. so uh i will tell you this i was uh you know knowing that we couldn't come in uh yesterday just uh was driving me crazy because there was so much going well, on <laughs> you know uh the biden search and and the whole thing and then oh. and then oh. you know the thing was is that how long was it the news broke that they were searching the beach house and then it wasn't but a couple of hours when they came back and said nothing was found and i thought okay that's very different from the story that leaked about the that finally came out after all this time that the fbi did search the university of pennsylvania office in mid-November, but the leaked story didn't have what we think is a very critical part, and that's whether or not documents were found, right? And we, I, I looked at that and I thought, you know, this whole thing is, I mean, it is rotten to the core. Mm-hmm. The way that information is coming out and the type of information that is coming out. And yesterday, because, you know, the, the information on the search of the, the beach house, was pretty much out there in the open. Well, and and you and I, I don't know if we discussed this on the air, uh, on the air, off the air, whether it was just going through my head. But the the fact with the 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 beach house, 
I was thinking, oh, okay, they let Biden go there. What was it, last weekend or the weekend before? Right. We yeah. spent the weekend there, and I said, yeah, yeah. okay, I wouldn't be surprised if it came out that they had already searched it because yeah. the last thing that you would do is allow the person who is being investigated for possible criminal violations of top secrets allow him to go back to the, a a place that might be a place of criminal activity mm-hmm. and allow them unfettered access to that area unless you had already searched it. So that's what I don't think we had that discussion, but I know that was going through my head. So when I saw first thing I thought of when they, you know, the FBI went to the beach house and found nothing, I went, well, good God, they allowed him to go there. The criminal suspect, because he's right. he is the person of interest, the suspect. And if you say, well, that's horrible to say that. Well, what do you think a special counsel is looking for? Special counsel is there because they believe there may be, you know, criminal you know, criminal things have been done. Mm-hmm. We know criminal things have been done mm-hmm. because the the classified material existed in those places. And so the last thing you do, and I saw that and I went, wow, they've just they've just done every the FBI's done everything possible to screw up this investigation for any for any type of, of possible uh, uh prosecution because they've given every benefit to the person who who is actually the suspect in the investigation. And all of a sudden, I'm thinking that, and a couple hours later, I see Andrew McCarthy writing the exact same thing, going, the FBI has done everything to make this very hard to prosecute. Well, it's funny, because the first thing that hit my mind was, if the gloves don't fit, you must acquit. That you botch the evidence so badly that you leave it exposed for so long that the only thing that a special prosecutor can find is, well, had we been able to go in earlier and yeah. had we had full control of that, the the, the premises, had the crime we had scene. the entire the possible control scene. of the investigation then maybe it would have been different. But that's, if you look at it, it's as botched as something related to Biden would be botched. And when you when you pair with it, the idea that the DOJ was clearly working with the Biden team to cover things up until CBS made a phone call, then all or, of this... Or somebody made a phone call to CBS. Or somebody made a phone call to CBS, <laughs> right. Then you see where this goes. I mean, it, and it goes in line with, uh, with, with me when, when we talk about the oversight committees, me saying, well, the reason that you assign a special prosecutor is to keep this so that you can put up some kind of wall to hold all of this back from oversight. I, I don't know how married I am to that idea, but I certainly can't throw that one in the trash just yet. No, you can't discount that. Nope. And, and so now, with the the whole uh, beach house thing, it it seemed so contrived and packaged neatly. Think about it. Within a day, mm-hmm. oh, they're searching right now. Oh, okay, they've concluded their search and they found nothing. Tell me anything in this whole going back to what we know on November second until now that has been packaged that neatly. Nothing. 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 It looks too clean. Well, I mean, and the other I'm thing... I'm not saying there were there right. were documents there. I, it, it, I, 
I don't know. All I'm saying is, out of all of the events that have occurred in this, you know, steady stream of events, that one was well, way too clean. Well, but that's not what hit me, that it was that there were no documents there. What hit me was they admitted doing the search, there's no documents there. And then the first thing, because of everything that has happened from the very beginning and the fact that the Department of Justice uh, agreed or colluded with the Biden administration mm-hmm. to not be transparent about this is the fact that Biden was allowed to go to the beach house. He is the criminal target. Yeah, He's the right. target. Right. You haven't searched it yet. You let him go back. The perception of that alone stinks to high heavens. Well, yeah, why, and, why didn't and, you do it a couple of weeks ago? And then, and then all of a sudden, oh well, we're searching. Where it, and they made it seem like, well, they're you know they're at the premises now. They're they're searching. The FBI is on site. They're searching. Okay, nothing was. The whole thing was so contrived. It reeks of them trying to cover tracks. And the other thing is, too, it was the first day of the special counsel, and I'm like, okay, is this a special counsel trying to cover their butt? Right. Trying to say, okay, now that we're in charge, we're yeah. taking care of... But, but like I said, the opposite hit me immediately. You searched it now, you found nothing, that you had, you had that information out that quick, which maybe the special counsel saying, look, I didn't have control until yesterday. Mm. You know, again, you, you may have had... You may have had... Uh, uh, at, you know, at, with the special counsel, her, you might have had uh, that might have been an act of integrity mm-hmm. by the special counsel. Mm-hmm. But the whole overall thing looks completely suspicious because, well, then why was Biden allowed? Why didn't why didn't the uh, uh, Lausch? Why didn't Lausch insist? No, before Biden, Biden can't go back there, un, you know, uh, alone. We need to search that before we allow the criminal target because it, and people may get upset at me for saying, I'm not saying conservatives will, but liberals might be saying, you're saying he's a criminal target. That's what a special counsel is there for. Mm-hmm. And we know criminal acts have been committed. Yeah. It's not like we don't, but, well, they don't prosecute for the, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter what your opinion is, whether they should prosecute or not. We know crimes have been committed at that particular point, and they allowed him to go back there for an entire weekend. You don't do that. And then, like I said, the special counsel may be full of integrity. That's why they searched on day one. But the entire thing stinks to high heavens from the Department of Justice. Yeah, point of view, it does. And and look, I I don't know where. Robert Hur's head is. I have no idea. I don't know if he's frustrated from her, his first official day forward because this thing was so botched, or if he's part of all of it being botched. Only yeah. time will tell. But there's no doubt that the handoff was as fumbled as badly as you can fumble anything, and the entire thing was botched. Or orchestrated to make sure that you can never find anything and no evidence is going to be pure and that is it's this is the problem over and over and over again i mean we basically with the trump documents we basically have the back and forth the doj told us but we just learned a few days ago, 
that the FBI actually did search the University of Pennsylvania office. Yeah. How is that the case? Yeah, because it comes out as selective leaks. Right. Which must be controlled by not just the Biden team, but the DOJ, right. which means they're both agreeing not to do it, not mm-hmm. to release that information. You know, I was thinking yesterday, too, with the suspected uh, Chinese spy balloon story mm. and then McCarthy coming out and saying, why hasn't the Gang of Eight been, you know, been, you know, been consulted upon this and given information on it? Right. Uh, be- and I don't know. How was that story? I, I woke up to that story. Mm-hmm. So I mm-hmm. still don't know who released that. Was it was that a source story? I don't the know if the first one was was sourced, but you know, there's a statement now. Yeah, so you know, but I mean, the first. Uh, yeah, I don't. The, I don't the, know if it was leaked or not. That was yeah. my thing. I I saw the statement, but I'm looking. You know, so where did the story? And I, like I said, I woke up when I woke up just a couple of hours ago is when I saw the story. I went, "Whoa, what's this?" And then when McCarthy said it, I go, "Well, again, uh, if this was initially a leak story, and and but even if it did come eventually from the 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 Pentagon where they told you this, why wasn't the Gang of Eight? Because Right now, on my mind, everything is nothing is transparent. The whole transparency thing is ridiculous. Right. This administration tries to hide everything. Right. Well, if you've got this balloon that's now, you know, over, you're talking about Montana. You're talking about this this uh, suspected Chinese spy balloon. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm still amazed that you might you you would use a balloon. I mean, I I still I I still want to find out more about the technology. Which uh, maybe someone will have that in the, you know, here's what the Chinese spy balloons look like. I mean, it's something that's well known. I didn't know there were Chinese spy balloons that they would try to float over the United States or over any Western, you know, any Western country in order to get information. Uh, I, uh, and, and so, but that's, that's another story. But the fact is, this is over Montana where we have, you know, ICBM silos. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so you're like, okay, what are they looking for? And then I'll get to the actual language. That the Pentagon put in there about, you know, they made sure that, you know, the the uh, the information capability uh, of that balloon, if it was there, isn't there. Are you saying that you disabled it? That's right. what I, I want to hear right. the precise language. Mm-hmm. We disabled. We were able to. We can't tell you how, but with the technology we have available, we were able to disable the intelligence gathering function of this balloon. They haven't stated it that way. Right. And so, again, with this administration, when it comes to after Afghanistan, when we yeah. know the president lied about what the generals told him, yep, absolutely lied. I don't trust him on anything. No. No, I don't. No, and after the documents thing, I don't trust that he's telling his own people no. the true story. We got a great show ahead. Uh, the... Uh, the Everything that we just talked about now, <laughs> we'll be talking about more. Mm. Plus, Hunter Biden's lawyers claim he's the victim. Uh-huh. Uh, what the lawyers actually revealed and then backed off on. Oh, my gosh. That, uh, oh, you, you talk about stepping right in it. I mean, not only do they step in it, but, you know, but, uh, by the, 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 the first letters, when the letters came out and the statement came out, it was like there, were, there was so much wrong with that. The initial one was, well, you just admitted it's his laptop.
Yeah, that's what I mean by right. stepping in but it. Then, yeah. But then the lawyer came back out later on and said, oh, no, no, this is no indication that it was his laptop. Uh, oh, but then, really? you don't have, then you don't have a case. Then you don't represent. How do you know you represent anything right. regarding the laptop? Exactly. I mean, it's like you're, you're throwing. I mean, it was just. You're, and and I the, the one thing I saw a lot of the conservative media saying, which is a great point, even though you can't get away from it, is, look, this isn't about Hunter Biden. It's about Joe Biden. Yeah, yeah but the Hunter Biden laptop well, leads directly no, to is, Joe Biden. <laughs> no, this is a key that opens the door. Yes. So, and, and by the way, a public service announcement: don't smoke crack. <laughs> we'll get to uh, 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 that. Also, uh, from the economic front, U.S. labor productivity the lowest since 1974. Mm. Fed raises a rate a quarter of a percent. Uh, Alan Omar kicked off the House Foreign Relations Committee. AOC screams. Speaker McCarthy responds uh, to that and more. All coming up. Great show ahead. Whew. Yeah, we got to get two into one. Yeah, we do. Two days into one. And yeah. we're not going to be here over the next two days because it's something called the weekend. weekend yeah. 866-90-RED-EYE. Tires command a lot of attention. As a top expense for drivers and a leading cause of CSA violations, any tire maintenance practice that can help extend tire life is worth consideration. Consider tire balancing, which can set you up for savings and a smoother ride before your tires touch the highway. Tire balancing corrects an uneven distribution of weight in tires and wheel assemblies, but the trick is to be proactive and not reactive. Conduct routine tire inspections and pay special attention to any unusual wear patterns. Once unusual tread wear is visible on a tire, its traction and stopping distance is reduced and its lifespan will likely be shortened. This report is brought to you by Shell Rotella. Shell Rotella, with advanced synthetic technology, is designed to help keep your rig running with more mileage and less maintenance. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll free at 866-90-RED-EYE. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 86690-RED-EYE. Coming up following the bottom of the hour, we'll hear from AOC, and it's not the listen, listen, listen. <laughs> even though I may want to throw that in. And uh, Kevin McCarthy's response to Alan Omar being uh, taken off um, her congressional committee, mm-hmm. the, uh, the House Foreign Relations Committee. And interesting... I, I was amazed that that many people in the poll, the YouGov, this is not a conservative poll. It wasn't Rasmussen or Trafalgar. It was uh, just over a quarter of Americans believe that Democratic Representative Alan Omar should be permitted to serve on any congressional committee. Wow. A recently released survey from the economist YouGov found that is not a not a conservative not poll. Not, nope. Wow. The survey asked, in the past, certain members of Congress have been blocked from serving on congressional committees. In your opinion, should the following members of Congress be allowed to serve on congressional uh, committees? Alan Omar was one the one that members were asked about. Hmm. Uh, 27% said yes. Uh, 32% said no. The rest, I don't know. Hmm. Which isn't a yes Notably, less than a majority of Democrats, 41 percent, 
actually believe Omar should be allowed to serve in a congressional committee. Wow. Wow. Is that why, because the liberal media kind of went crazy for a few minutes with it, and then it just, the story just kind of went away. It didn't go away, but it didn't carry on like it yeah. often does. Her anti, her anti-Semitism, her, you know, the 9-11 yeah. comment. That right. Something happened mm-hmm. uh, that day comparing the United States to Hamas and other terrorist organizations. Mm-hmm. You can't win that. No. And the Democrats really don't want to touch it. Right. So they'll make a stink right. for a day. But that's the problem. And look, all these things, you know, I'm like, well, po- this is all about politics. Well, they're politicians. Yes. That's, that's how it works. That's the dumbest thing that people say. Everything that's going on in Congress is about politics. We need to stop that. Yeah. They're politicians. That's actually the point. We're, we're going to try not to do any talk radio today. <laughs> All they do is talk. <laughs> The IRS, the world's most aggressive collection agency. They can seize your property, bank account, and garnish your wages. They cause sleepless... Gary McNamara and Eric Harley taking your calls. 1-866-90-RED-EYE. It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Harley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. Uh, uh, if you would like to get in on the uh, the show today. All right, you ready? Okay. Okay, we'll start with uh, AOC yesterday, and this is after the uh, uh, Kevin McCarthy said uh, and, and the Republicans kicked Alan Omar off of the uh, House uh, uh, Foreign Relations Committee. Here we go. Fellow New Yorker, I think one of the things that we should talk about here is also one of the disgusting legacies after 9-11 has been the targeting and racism against Muslim Americans throughout the United States of America. And this is an extension of that legacy. Consistency, there is nothing consistent with the Republican Party's continued attack except for the racism and incitement of violence against women of color in this body. I had a member of the Republican caucus threaten my life, and you all and the Republican caucus reward him with one of the most prestigious committee assignments in this Congress. Don't tell me this is about consistency. Don't tell me that this is about an abdic- a condemnation of anti-Semitic remarks when you have a member of the Republican caucus who, have, who has talked about Jewish space lasers and an, an entire amount of tropes and also elevated her to some of the highest committee assignments in this body. This is about targeting women of color in the, in the United States of America. Don't tell me because because I didn't get a single apology. My life was threatened. Thank. Okay, her life was not threatened. Um, it was uh, that was Representative Gozar that I didn't approve of at all. You know, it's like I I don't want, and we've said this before. Whether it's a Bobert Gozar, mm. uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene, stop playing the stupid games. Right. You and I have stated that over and over again. Don't behave like they behave. Right. Don't behave like they behave. And he put some kind of animated thing together where it was. I don't even know what the the uh, the uh, the the game is. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. the game is, and right. they superimposed some heads, and they were you know swords at each other, and right. she got you know in the animation, 
she was killed. He, he didn't threaten her life. He put together a stupid animation thing, which, again, don't do that. You know, no. don't do that. But no. if you're saying that that should ki- get him kicked off, then you're making the point. Right. You're making the point. Let's hear from Kevin McCarthy, who responded uh, to reporters' uh, questions uh, about, uh, you know, being uh, consistent. Uh, here he is yesterday from reporters. They're totally wrong. I can't even believe you asked that question. Think what you just asked what they said, that somehow there's every single Democrat voted to remove Marjorie Green on something she said before she ever came to Congress. So they wanted to override what the American people in her district decided. Then they removed Gozar from every single place. And what did we see when Congress reconvened right now? Gozar and AOC sitting together having a great conversation. Now they get upset. They want to fight really hard to keep a member of their conference who had a relationship with a Chinese spy on the Intel Committee. I can't believe you defend or even ask her. I can't believe they would even defend that. Then they want to defend Schiff, who lied to the American public. Then they want to defend Omar. I'm not removing them. I'm not removing any of them from all committees like they did. They cheered when they did that. We simply looked at a foreign affairs of what the rest of the world looks like, where she sat and gave anti-Semitic comments. Even people in her own party said, I bet if Elliot was here today, the former chair, he would have voted with us. She said the American military was equal to Hamas and the Taliban from a member of the foreign affairs. She said Americans only like Israel because it's all about the Benjamins. And three years later, she said, I didn't know there's a trope when it comes to referring to someone who's Jewish with money. She said on 9-11, on 9-11, as a member of Congress, as an individual who's sitting on foreign affairs, something happened that day. What does that say to other people around the world? What does that say to somebody else who wants to create another 9-11 America? I'm sorry. It's not right. We were right in our action, and she can serve on other committees. But it puts America in jeopardy, and I'm not going to do that under my watch. And again, when you see the, the polling that exists out there, I mean, look, all of this is all of this is political in some way, but there is substance to it. As we said, you know, it's political with substance. Uh, you and I have been calling. And it's amazing that the Republicans did this because I didn't know they were headed in this direction. But we have been calling for the removal of Schiff since he lied about the intelligence. Yep. And this goes back years since he lied and said the intelligence he has seen. And this is when. They were doing the memos on uh, on uh, what the intelligence agencies knew about uh, Donald Trump colluding with the Russians. And it was first Devin Nunes came out with his. Uh, did he come out with his memo first or was his memo in response? I don't know which I one. I, I forgot. I was thinking his was second, that Nunes came out okay. with his second. Uh, but Schiff came out and said that the intelligence showed that it was more than just circumstantial evidence that Trump had colluded with the Russians. There was nothing. And then Devin Nunes Nunes came out a couple of, you know, later. And then when the special counsel, not not the special counsel, when the inspector general back uh, two Decembers ago, three Decembers ago, Mm. (laughs) time is just flying. Yeah. uh, You know, did his report on all of this. That's where it was found out that Schiff lied about that. Right. That Adam Schiff lied to the American public about what the intelligence said. And we said at that point, if he's lying, if he's disseminating what is coming out of uh, the intelligence agencies, and he tells the American public a lie, and he is the head of 
that. Or mm-hmm. he was the ranking member at that time and mm-hmm. then became the head of it when mm-hmm. the Democrats took Congress. Right. We said, absolutely not. You can't have somebody in that position of authority. Uh, when we found out, when we found out that Swalwell was basically having a relationship and he's never denied that it was an intimate relationship with the Chinese spy. And again, there's a ton of stuff that they were told that, uh, as McCarthy has said, they were told behind closed doors mm-hmm. that's still classified. And he said, we had to let him go. You, right. can't, you cannot have a relationship with a Chinese spy and have the American public have confidence in you. And he said they can serve on other they can serve on other committees. Right. We're not banning them from all committees. Just the committees with the things that they have said when you represent the United States to other countries. Sorry. It's unacceptable to be an anti-Semite. It's unacceptable to be lying about Israel, and it's unacceptable to be lying about the United States military. Right. You know, and and, and so and the public, as you can see, even you can't get a majority of Democrats to say that she should be serving on those committees. That's the tell right there. Yep. How the party feels. The rank and file. They're not going to step out and defend her. You're not going to get any defense on this. I suspect that's why she was also so angry in what you heard. AOC? Yeah, this is this is the anger. She's asking, why in the world is nobody else defending this? Why defending us? Yeah. Yep. I think that's part of the anger. And then a lot of... They, re- they realize that they're not and, and then who a, they think they are. And the worst thing was what happened to... I mean... What she said was bad, but what really uh, put the put the final nail in is when she went on the Sunday morning news shows was uh, last weekend or the weekend before and claimed complete innocence. She had no idea these things that she had said were anti-Semitic. And it's like, shut up. David Harzani wrote about that. He goes uh, in the New York Post saying, come on. Well, and that was clearly a campaign to appeal to the public. Right. I. No, I, I didn't say anything. I had that no was idea. Anti-Semitic? No. And it's like, sorry. And she said that while be a city, while she was a city member, all those things, she was sitting a member, you know, of Congress. Mm-hmm. You know, but um, it's it's not going. To, you know, here's the thing: is that they living inside your own bubble. Look in in your district. Clearly, they can get away with it. They've been reelected multiple times. Mm-hmm. So, and and that's how it works. The assignments on committees is up to the speaker. That's also how it works. And the American people decided, and you, and you heard uh, McCarthy say it, the American people decided that, who was going to have control. That's what happened in November. And was it based on things that, uh, AOC or Alan Omar or any of them did? I don't know, but I'm telling you, none of what they did helped their well, side. Well, it's, you know, again, the, we had said this when we knew what the Republicans were planning on doing. We said, look, the attacks coming at you is that you're doing this just as revenge, which means you need to come up with anything you do. And again, I understand political revenge. These things happen. But what McCarthy said, look, this was their standard. Mm-hmm. 
their stand. This is the Democrat standard, which, again, is a great way to put it. We've used it many times before. This is the Democrat standard. And he said that's the Democrat standard. We're using their standard. And this is way above what he, you know, he believes Taylor Greene did or Gorzar did or whatever, Mm -hmm. uh, what Ilan Omar did. And it's like, okay, then you put that out to the public. What does the public say? (laughs) Public backs McCarthy. Even Democrats back McCarthy because they couldn't get a majority of Democrats to say that she should be on different committees and especially the Foreign Affairs Committee uh, you know, where you actually deal and you're supposed to be a representative of the United States to other countries. Said, Sorry, not a good representative. Right. And she has been such an anti-Semite and the things on 9-11, I mean, that, that went viral. Well, something happened on that day. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, you're just... Americans believe she's anti-American, that she does not have, right, that right. Alain Omar does not have the best interests of the United States. Right. And then when you come on and you and you pretend, oh, I didn't know that was anti-Semitism, nobody buy, buys it. Nobody. Well, it, 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 when she was saying that, it really made it seem worse. Claiming that it's normal and acceptable behavior means that you believe what you said and you don't think that there's anything wrong with what you said. Right. Because coming out, I don't know, a year later, year and a half later, mm-hmm. two years later, mm-hmm. and claiming, oh, I didn't know what it, well, you should have been using that excuse way back then. Right. Nobody nobody bought nobody it. Nobody bought it. I thought it was a very, very poor moment. And I, like I said, Swalwell, sorry, you can't, Swalwell, you can't win. You can't win that one. Right. <laughs> he had a relationship. Uh, never denied that it was intimate with a Chinese spy. Right. Should he be? Should he be trusted? And do you believe that there are better Democrats that could serve uh, in that position instead of Swalwell? Well, of course. And tell your girlfriend she left her balloon over Montana. It's exactly. <laughs> it's it, I, honestly think about that <laughs> because. Ah. <laughs> thing is it's funny because it's true it's right yeah it's and and the the, the whole thing though about like george santos uh recusing himself temporarily from committee assignments all right well it'll be you'd be hard-pressed to convince me that that wasn't pressured from the speaker oh i'm sure it was and the idea is hey we're about to go in and make some major changes. And what you did, the people of your district voted for you. So that's something we can't change. What we can change is your committee assignments, at least for now. Yeah. So you need to recuse yourself, which is exactly how it played out. Where it goes long term, I don't, I don't think of anything, I don't think anything of what he did is acceptable. But, I, but in terms of, uh, lying, my gosh, if we're going to if we're going to talk about things that have been made up, then we need to start at the White House. And 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 by the way, yes, it applies to both. If you're asking the question, yeah, and it is not a yeah, but it is let's prioritize what's important, which gets back to Swalwell and Alan Omar. Mm-hmm. How was that not important to the Democrats then? Because. At least the GOP, we have indication that George Santos and his lies 
are important and 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 are a concern of the GOP. By the way, did you see uh, the other day when we left here? The it uh, the story came out and I almost texted you. The GOP is going to be more proactive in finding electable candidates, and it oh. had a picture of McConnell. You know, so for the Senate, of course, they were focused on. Uh, but I thought, well, yeah, you you should have been all along. <laughs> well, that's a novel idea. <laughs> Find candidates <laughs> that are electable. <laughs> what? Well, what? The- why? What is this newfangled witchery? <laughs> and, and, and what's your party all about? Oh, getting people elected. Oh, well, we think we should get people that are more electable. <laughs> it's wow, a, it's a novel idea. Let's hey, go, McConnell. Eight six six ninety Red Eye. We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara. Listen to Red Eye Radio wherever you are with the Red. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara. Finally, uh, one more thing from Milan Omar. All right, all right, listen, all right, listen. I mean, listen, AOC. Okay, listen. I blew it. I mean, AOC, AOC. I had to play one more. I had to play one. Top of the hour news is brought to you by House Products. Visit HouseProducts.com. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. This is Red Eye Radio. All across the USA and around the planet. We are everywhere from down low all the way up to the altitude of any type of Chinese spy balloon. We cover all airspace. Download our Red Eye Radio app today and you can listen when and where you want. We'll get to that here uh, in just a little bit. I wanted to play at least uh, Alan Omar because I, mm. when I played AOC before, I said Alan Omar and that's because... I was ready to go to this audio cut, but after the top of the hour, which we're now at the top of the hour, after the top of the hour. Mm-hmm. But here's Alan Omar after being kicked off the uh, uh, foreign, um, not foreign relation, uh, a foreign affairs committee. Here she is. All right. And my leadership and voice will not be diminished if I am not on this committee for one term. My voice will get louder and stronger, and my leadership will be celebrated around the world as it has been. Yeah, but not in the United States. Yeah, uh, around the world. Uh, yeah. I, I found that to be interesting, how she phrased that. Yep, so did I. She didn't say in the United States. Now, I hope she amplifies her message. See, this is the difference between the left and the right. Mm-hmm. We don't want her to shut up. No, no, please keep talking. And we want her to double down and triple down on what she truly believes, which is anti-Semitism. She hates the United States. She'll lie about the United States. She'll lie about the United States military. She'll lie about Israel. We want her to continue what has given her that approval rating 
when it comes to the committees, whether she should be on a committee or not, of just 27%, where she could not get a majority of Democrats to believe that she should serve on committees. So the last thing we want to do is shut Alan Omar up. We want her to tell us exactly how she feels. We don't want to have her lie like she did last week on the Sunday morning news shows and say, oh, I had no idea that those remarks were anti-Semitism. Don't lie. No. Um, And she doesn't have the support even in terms of her being on this committee. She doesn't have the support of the majority of her party, according to at least the one poll that we brought you. And uh, the YouGov poll, economist YouGov, yeah. And these are the, you know, these are the the items that matter. If if you're not going to, uh, I guess change, and I don't expect her to change. Nope. Then you need to keep talking loudly. We support that. Absolutely. We don't want to shut anybody who we view as extremely radical or somebody who is far, far on the left who will lie about the United States, the last thing we want to do is stop her disinformation. We wish for the American public to hear her disinformation because they have been able to articulate it, as we've seen in the Economist YouGov poll, and say, no, she shouldn't serve on a committee. And she couldn't get the majority of Democrats to say she should be serving on any committee. Right. Shout it from the highest balloon. And she can serve on other, yeah, she can serve on other committees, but she just can't. He uh, said, sorry, not where you represent the United States. Right. With the statements that you have made. Now, you still represent the United States as an individual congressperson. Mm-hmm. So say what you want. Sure. Last thing we would want here on Red Eye Radio is to shut up anybody on the left. In fact, if you've been a longtime listener of the show, and you and I saw the movement starting in 2006. Mm-hmm. Remember where we saw the, the real movement, where the left really started coming out when they took over Congress at that point, And we yep. were quite shocked by their honesty of telling us exactly what they believe. Now we know exactly what they believe. Mm-hmm. And so keep saying what you believe. Don't stop it. We be be honest about your identity politics. Be honest about the fact that you want to judge people by groups and physical characteristics and not as individuals. Promote the fact that you believe that people that are uh, that are driven to to greatness and and have incentive to do things and want autonomy for in, and, and promote individualism. Keep promoting the fact that that's white supremacy. Mm hmm. Keep promoting those kind of things. Keep promoting the fact that you truly believe that a biological man should be playing biological women's sports against biological women. Mm -hmm. Keep promoting that. Do not back off of that. We don't want to silence them. Promote the fact that you believe a biological male uh, can be a biological female because they say so and can take opportunities away from biological females. Keep promoting your misogyny, and your femophobia. We don't want to stop you. We don't want to kick you off Twitter. We don't want to kick you off Facebook. Keep promoting the fact that the border is secure when obviously it is not. AOC in the uh, audio you heard earlier talking about the attack on women and women of color. Well, the left is responsible for one of the biggest attacks on women. 
How can you, how can you pretend to be a defender of women and women's rights? So, no, we hope that Alan Omar does exactly what she stated yesterday, that her voice becomes louder and her opinions become more widespread. Because there are still a significant number of Americans in that poll that said, oh, we don't know, because they really don't know who she is or what she stands for. Right. So, no. Keep it up. Keep promoting it. Meanwhile... The uh, president was having a meeting at the White House yesterday, so invited the press in. And after he was done, let's listen to what happened. Folks, we're going to get to work. Thank you for coming. Thank you. Thank you. So everybody is escorted out as they're all screaming questions about the top, the classified top secret documents, right? And what's going on? And he just sits there, and you can see it in his face. He's just furious that this won't go away. Yeah, and it's just livid that this won't go away. Well, and you know, again, uh, you know, you can only look at yourself, Mr. President, of, of the way that you handled yourself up until this was discovered, and how you've handled yourself and this whole thing since. It's on you. And then we go to Corrine Jean-Pierre. Yesterday, as this question is asked. Thank you. I have two questions, one about the documents case and one about uh, the Tyree Nichols funeral. On the documents case, one of the features of the early public narrative of this episode that has kind of already taken root is the reporting to the effect that statements from this podium. Oh, sorry. I just lost it for a second. We're going to do it again here. Here we go. All right. You ready? Okay, here we go. This episode that has kind of already taken root is the reporting to the effect that statements from this podium at different points later proved to be inaccurate. And without expecting you to delve into the details, because we all know that you cannot from the podium, I nonetheless wonder if you could simply assure us that you challenge that element of this narrative, uh, that you are satisfied personally with the accuracy of all of the information that, that you've dispensed from this podium. So, James, look, I'll say, at this podium, I will always follow the the guidance of the White House Counsel Office when it comes to ongoing investigations. We've been very, uh, you know, we've been very clear about just ongoing investigations that is uh, led by the Department of Justice, making sure that they have their independence. Uh, We, this is something that the president has talked about through the campaign and through the last two years. So it's the same thing over and over again. Mm -hmm. And then the the next question was on Tyree Nichols and how come there's always a representative or all come you you always have somebody at a uh, you know at a uh, at at a uh, uh, funeral or the president calling the families of of uh, of victims of citizens victims of of maybe police uh brutality but never do you have them calling or talking to or 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 at the funerals of police officers that have been killed mm-hmm like when they're high profile right. like that. And she goes, well, uh, you don't know what the president does. behind." She basically gave the answer. You don't know what the president does behind the scenes. Well, tell us. And his whole point was, you know, well, what does he do? What, what does he do uh, when uh, not behind the scenes, but mm-hmm. in front of the scenes? Right. <laughs> and uh, it's like, whoa, because I know everybody. that's what people think. They go, well, how come? You know, Obama did the same thing. Mm-hmm. What about police officers being killed? 
And, uh, you know, she was uncomfortable with that. Well, and I I found it uh, interesting that they sent uh, the former top cop of California to Tyree Nichols' funeral. She's the former attorney general. Keep in mind, the left didn't like the fact that she had a law enforcement and prosecutorial background. But I guess it's accepted. Uh. But I just thought the the questionings the question was interesting. But the the fact is now we're to the point where Corrine Jean Pierre can't answer any questions on on anything. No, I mean it's no, getting to can't. be it's getting to be humorous here. She can't answer a question on anything, and she was asked the questions too. Also on um, Hunter Biden, you know, again you'd have to talk to his lawyers. His, but I mean it's it's getting to be comical right now. But I love it because she he said look. What you told us isn't the truth. And her point is, I'm just telling you what they tell me, even if they're not telling me the truth. (laughs) So the next question should be, then why are we here as reporters? Why would you then have a press conference? Right. Issue a written statement daily and then move on or not. Don't do anything. That would be better than this. And so, I mean, what a zoo it was uh, yesterday. You know, we kn- we knew this was probably going to happen going to happen after we got the story about you know that Hunter Biden was going to go after you know his lawyers and and uh, uh, his his people, mm-hmm. uh, his posse, yeah. uh, his legal posse was going to go after and try to destroy the credibility of anybody involved in this. We knew this was coming. Right. And they had, they had talked about there were stories, sore stories written on the fact that they were going to go after uh, the uh, the computer shop uh, owner, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. that they were going to go after Giuliani. They're going to go after mm-hmm. everybody. And that's what they did. And I'm telling you, did that ever backfire big time? Oh, man. What a horrible play. How is it that nobody in the room said, hey, guys, this is going to fly back at us. This is the biggest boomerang we could throw out. Because what you did before they before the lawyer retracted, sort of walked back and and said, "Well, uh, this doesn't mean that 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 uh, we're stating that that was Hunter's laptop." Well, then everything you said means nothing. Then then who do then who do you think you're representing? Yeah, if if it wasn't Hunter's laptop, then his privacy wasn't invaded, right? I mean, it just was. His privacy was invaded by all of these people and Bannon and Giuliani and the computer store owner. So and you're saying it's his laptop. No, yeah. we didn't say that. Then no. what are you doing here? Right. <laughs> Why? I mean, it just was it was a zoo. And it's like, OK, so um, if it's not his, are you going to go after him? You're going to go after these people for defamation of character. Uh, and, and that's what you want. These. And by the way, as pointed out, whether it was the New York Post or. Uh, uh, or um, uh, National Review, they all pointed out that all of these people, the, the two prosecutors and the Department of Justice official, are all close, extremely close to Joe Biden, extremely close, and two of them, at least I believe, are personal friends of Hunter Biden. Right. And and, and, and the president is like, do you know how bad this looks? Yeah. It, I mean, it's, it, it, looked, it looked horrible. What you're saying is, they're coming after me. They're investigating me and my father. And so we want you to go after these people. 
to try to destroy because you're not going to get Giuliani. You're not going to get the computer store owner for any crimes. They didn't commit any crimes. Right. There's no crime that, and so it's like just go after them in an attempt to defame them in some way. And that's the interesting thing is the well, stories that came out about what about a month ago were saying he's going to go after all these people to try to destroy their credibility. And it's like, well, it doesn't matter. The laptop is there, and everybody knows the laptop is yours. So you're how are you going to destroy their credibility? And now that you say it's that that it's not your laptop it was basically admitting it was your laptop then a couple hours year later your lawyer coming out and saying well it's not his this doesn't mean that it was his laptop well then what case do you have against these people except for defamation of character and i think it was i don't know if it was andrew mccarthy or david harzani somebody pointed out if you're going to hit him with defamation of character you don't want to do that because that goes to trial <laughs> The discovery is going to just absolutely well, destroy you. The, the first thing I thought of was, let's get this out there. Let's have everything all in the open. I, this was such a bad move on so many levels. My <laughs> God, there's there's no way you can convince me this wasn't pure, and I mean pure desperation. Yeah, on a huge Dude. level. Think about it. The timing. Why now? Why? Why, why? Why is this happening just now? And and the move. How did nobody in that room say, "Well, guys, if we do this, and then walk through this legally, discovery is going to kill us." Right. And if we don't go the full measure politically, this is a boomerang, and coming right back at us. Why would we ever, ever do this? And then the consequences of initially stating. That, you know, that that uh, by saying what they said, that he's admitting it's his laptop, mm-hmm. then having to back off on it. Didn't somebody figure that out? Right. Well, then they're going to say, well, you knew it was a laptop all the time. Right. You knew from the very beginning, which means your father knew from the beginning, which means when the 51 intelligence agents came out and stated that it was probably Russia disinformation, everybody knew in, in the White House even that it was not. Right. I just... We'll continue the discussion. It just, it just gets just, worse. It's just horrible. I mean, just terrible. But then again, they really have no, they had no other option. Well, yeah, they did. Just shut up. Just shut up. Do nothing. Yep. 866-90-RED-EYE. Surviving and thriving as an owner-operator has just as much to do with managing costs as it does with generating revenue. Like the chief financial officer of any company, you have to be concerned about rising costs, especially without increases in revenue. Trying to reduce costs, let alone make sense of them, can be a complicated task. Understanding basic principles of operating costs can save you thousands of dollars a year. A penny saved could be $1,000 earned. Saving just one penny per mile over 100,000 miles driven annually will deliver $1,000 to the bottom line at the end of the year. Owner-Operator Business 101 is provided by Shell Rotella. Shell Rotella, with advanced synthetic technology, is designed to help keep your rig running with more mileage and less maintenance. Coming up, more with Gary McNamara and Eric Harley. It's Red Eye Radio. Progressive commercial insurance protects truck owners with specialized coverages for heavy...
It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. Just uh, <laughs> reading this from Andrew McCarthy about uh, Hunter Biden. Mm-hmm. And again, Hunter Biden's important because it all leads to Joe Biden. Right. For the president's son to be pleading with the president's prosecutorial cronies and appointees to weaponize law enforcement against the people who have exposed him while he and his father are under criminal investigation makes one wonder if he's giving up his career as the next Rembrandt to become an RNC operative. (laughs) 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 Particularly hilarious is the 180 that Team Biden is already pulling. Less than 24 hours after rolling out this new uh, er, strategy, (laughs) as Fox News' Jackie Heinrichs reports, uh, now Hunter is not actually admitting that the laptop from hell contained his data, only that it was alleged to be his data (laughs) by the people he wants prosecuted, evidently for stealing his property that on second thought wasn't really his property, (laughs) if you can follow this dizzying argument oh my gosh what a mess and now for a segment called just something i've noticed brought to you by our friends at motel six just something i've noticed We don't give enough credit to signs, and we really should. That sign over there tells you, great French fries. That sign over there tells you, this is your exit. And look at that legendary sign. It's the Motel 6 sign. It tells you, a great night's rest at a great price. Book online at motel6.com and use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. Look for the signs. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a great price when you use the code CPREDEYE. That's the letters CPREDEYE, all one word, for 15% off your stay at Motel6.com. That's a great deal. And that's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. Message and data rates may apply. Do you need a car? Been shopping only to be turned down because of bad credit, low credit, no credit, bankruptcy, or divorce? Guess what? Today's your lucky day because... Giving you 70% each night. Eric Harley and Gary McNamara on Red Eye Radio. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and he's Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara. I'm sorry. Just uh, it's just it was such a bizarre day, uh, uh, you, you know, yesterday. But mm. just talking about uh, Hunter Biden's legal team, and you said <laughs> Eric said during the break, you got to ask the question: are, are they all on crack? Are they all smoking? Is crack? everybody smoking crack? 
And and uh, I'm reading Jeffrey Blahar also from National Review. He writes, uh, as uh, uh, Jim Garrity writes this morning, the series of demand letters just issued by Hunter Biden's legal team to the Department of Justice, IRS, and the Delaware Attorney General in the case regarding his infamous laptop. The letters demanding that Tucker Carlson, Steve Bannon, the computer shop owner, also be criminally investigated for accessing and disseminating his personal data. Well, that seems like a bizarrely poor strategy, appealing nakedly to one's friends in authority to criminally investigate one's enemies is still a bridge too far in legal ethics, as well as a losing play politically for the father's administration. Mm. Even more notable, as Jim points out, what makes the letter such a bold, quote, bold, if you're the Washington Post. Mm. I also saw the word... uh, Using a uh, word aggressive. Oh, yeah, yeah, aggressive. I, I saw that, that one yeah. also. Yeah. Uh, or political self-defeating, if you are us, strategy is that in writing them, Biden's attorneys are implicitly acknowledging that the laptop and the data taken from it was indeed Hunter Biden's. Now, this is something that we have known for years, but which was important to have formally uh, nailed down. Well, not so fast, though, because now Biden's attorney, Abby Lowell, is walking it back. These letters do not confirm Mac Isaacs, the repair shop owner who took custody of it originally, or others' versions of the so-called laptop. They address their, their conduct of seeking, manipulating, and disseminating what they allege to be Mr. Biden's personal data wherever they claim to have gotten it. That is quite a neat theory of the case, indeed. If the data is his, spoiler, it is, then it defies belief to deny the reality of the laptop. Unless the claim is that Hunter Biden was hacked remotely. Lowell is twisting himself into a comical knot on this because he wants to focus on the narrow argument uh, that people like Rudy Giuliani, Steve Bannon, Mac Isaac, and others committed crime by spreading the material to others as an invasion of Biden's privacy. Were this standard to hold up on grounds for investigation and prosecution, then Lowell would be helping criminalize the entire mainstream media, whose job is often to deal with private documents and materials that they have received from all manners of uh, of sources. Yeah, I mean, this was just this. I, I mean, seriously. <clears throat> I'm not an attorney and you're not an attorney, but we know enough about the law when we saw this, because that was it. when the first thing came out the, when, when yesterday, when I first saw this, I went, oh my God, they're admitting that the, they're admitting then that the laptop is his. Yeah. And even though he said the, there's a possibility it could be, then at that point you went, well, then they knew it was his when the New York Post wrote the story. Right, exactly. Because he's acknowledging that they knew it when the they they knew it right. at the time. Because you know, if you see, uh, it was brought back today some of the early interviews that uh, that Hunter Biden did on it. You know that media interviews, and I'm thinking to myself, boy, he should have shut up back then and just said never said anything. Well, it could be mine. Well, I don't know, but it possibly could be. Well, yeah, absolutely, it could be mine. But uh, you know, you're not really sure but it might not be mine like you don't know uh-huh. that you took a yeah and then again if you're on crack maybe you don't but you know that you lost the laptop after you come down from the crack you know it's somewhere and you know 
He knew it was his. The president knew it was his because the president knew that he had met with Tony Bobulinski. Right. So they all knew Bobulinski was telling the truth as they were defaming Bobulinski. Bob and right. that's the thing. I'm thinking, well, they went after Bobulinski. And that, you know, and, and they knew it all the time when the 51 intelligence experts came out. Joe Biden knew was a lie right. when he referred to what they said right. as Russia disinformation. So by admitting it, you've just opened up a whole can of worms because it isn't about Hunter Biden. It is about Joe Biden. But you've just connected another dot saying they knew absolutely and are admitting they knew. And so the lawyers must have realized that and went, oh, uh, another word for manure. <laughs> oh manure <laughs> and, oh and went oh no 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 we we we, we got to come out here I, i'm telling you i i don't have one credit in law and no. i would have been in that meeting going are you you out of your freaking minds you got to be bat guana crazy here this is absolutely the it's anybody who th in fact i want to Show of hands in the room right now, everybody who believes this is a good idea. <laughs> Robbie Hunter Biden's go, guys, we're trying to raise money for your legal fees. Um, you're not helping me. I need lawyers that will help me. Well, it's it is so bizarre. Because I said earlier, this is pure desperation, which oh yeah, I still believe it is, but it's something more. There are different elements to this where it's it, may, it makes me wonder if they don't have a conservative political operative inside the and inside the <laughs> law group. I, I I look at this and say, my gosh. <clears throat> You couldn't, and, and by the way, we said with this whole thing, whether it's the documents or the laptop or all of it combined, any and all of it, if you're the GOP and we had a caller, well, why doesn't the GOP blah, 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 blah. No, all they have to do is wait. Just sit around and wait. They're pulling their own rug out from under their own feet. And I don't, up until now, I didn't know that was even physically possible. But they're doing it how many times now? It, it this whole thing just, just smells like everybody is on crack. I mean, it was, it, it, I said that during the break, but it's, it, it, it it's like you're sitting around and you're just not absolutely not in check with your brain. And I don't know how you reverse the damage that has been done. I, I actually don't know what was worse. Well, initially coming out with it because that's what drove the whole thing. But initially coming out with the letters. But then it's like, okay, damage control, damage control. And the damage control is worse. I, because the damage control is they were playing defense and prosecution at the same time. The defense yeah. coming out, this, this, uh, yes, okay, 
uh, we're going after these people mm. for taking his data. And you, okay, so you've admitted that the laptop is his, which means when you knew everything, you knew, Hunter knew, and his father knew. Because they knew when Bobulinski came out, mm-hmm. his father knew he had met with Bobulinski before. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They knew everything on the laptop was legit. They knew the laptop was legit. They knew it wasn't Russia disinformation. The administration, even Biden himself, I believe, uh, referenced the 51 intelligence uh, right. you know, uh, agents. And when he said that, he knew it was a lie. Mm-hmm. And so that's what you've opened up there. And so then they saw that because that actually leads right to the president. Then. Right. Right. Which is the influence peddling of why you're right. trying to hide it. Right. Got nothing to do with hundreds. Goes right to the, the president and possible influence peddling. Well, influence peddling is just whether it was against the law, influence peddling or not. Right. We know the influence peddling was going on. That's sort of, that's sort of, uh, that's sort of solid now. We know they right. enriched themselves. We just don't know what the Chinese were getting for the tens of millions of dollars that they've given to the Biden family. Right. That's the question still to be answered. What were they getting and did joe enrich himself and not report it to the irs Mm -hmm. is the it would be the other thing uh that possibly could uh could bring him down so uh and so they they went whoa whoa we got to do something all right damage control but the damage control was worse because the damage control killed the entire case that they had initially promoted it's and the damage control was well. We're not necessarily saying that that data uh, was was uh, actually uh, uh, you know Hunter Biden's data. What well, what are you talking about? And so, like I said, they're going through the hoops. So you're saying that the laptop had nothing to do with it? Did somebody hack into his real computer? Then you know what's going on? Mm-hmm. This data exists. The meat and the problem is the media has all acknowledged that the laptop is legit now, right? Universally, right? So now they're trying to go back and say, well, no, but uh, these guys were the bad guys. Investigate them because what they did was we don't know. <laughs> yeah, we don't know what they did wrong, but they violated our clients' rights, rights and privacy. Well, hold on a second. You're saying that the laptop belongs to Hunter? We didn't say that. Then who do you represent? You're saying that the data doesn't belong, the data doesn't belong to him, doesn't belong to the laptop. Mm-hmm. What are you actually saying? Right. And now they're scrambling going, okay, we got, we need to come up with another answer now. Well, because tell me how, you know, the computer shop owner and Giuliani relate otherwise. And the lawyer for Isaac, the computer store owner said, mm-hmm. it's really interesting that this came out now because they just served Hunter Biden with a defamation lawsuit mm-hmm. here in the last, uh, in the uh the for it's only seventy five thousand. I'm like, that's all you went for? But they served him. They found him in the last couple of weeks and served him. They said it was really it was tough to find. And so mm-hmm. they're saying it's really interesting that they come back with this now after we have filed a defamation lawsuit against Hunter Biden and he's been served. Yeah. So I mean it's just I uh, it's everything. The damage control is the worst. And now this is going to become not only not only because it all relates yeah. the laptop, the secret documents, the thing that's driving everybody is the possible relationship. I mean, they could be two separate things, but the possibility that they could be one thing that the classified documents that Hunter absolutely had access to that some had to do with the Chinese. Mm-hmm. The question that. Ten million dollar question. 
<laughs> does it have anything to do with the influence peddling? Right. That's the big, and right. that's what will drive the reporters. Yep. And that's why the president can sit there and he can hold meetings or briefings with anybody out there and invite the media in to hear the questions. He can bring world leaders in and the questions now. Uh, for this week and all of next week and all the week after that is going to be now on two different things. Hunter's laptop, influence peddling, classified documents. Yep. I, it's, I, was it – you and I follow all the news. Mm-hmm. Did you get the sense that nobody really cared on either side about Alan Omar? Yeah. Yeah, I did. It's just a feeling I got by the coverage that it was out there and people, the reporters asked the question, but the response from McCarthy was so strong. It's like, you know, come well, on, Lamar did this or Swalwell did this. The, you can't win it. I think that's, I think that's the whole thing is that the response that, uh, Kevin McCarthy gave, uh, to that, I think the response that he gave, uh, with the Adam Schiff thing, uh, was right on. Adam Schiff lied, uh, repeatedly. And, and the Swalwell thing were right on point. You can't, dispute that any of those and i think they're i think it's just impossible to defend those who are saying who are defending alan omar staying on the committee are basically just saying well this is just political well yeah that's how it works this is just revenge well argue the point Argue they, the they point. Can't. She belongs on that committee. They can't. They can't. Eight six six ninety red eye. Lines open for your calls. Eight six six ninety red eye on Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. Uh, and then, mm-hmm. because we weren't in yesterday because of this, the weather, and, and so this actually came out a day and a half ago, that the National Archives was blocked from informing the public about the initial discovery of classified documents. Yeah, right. As James Comer said, he goes, what are you talking about? Because a shocking revelation confirmed by a source familiar with the matter has led to allegations of a double standard uh, in how, of course, they handled Biden, the investigations of Biden and Donald Trump. Hmm. Uh, James Comer revealed on Tuesday that the archives general counsel, Gary Stern, in a closed-door interview said he could not tell lawmakers who had ordered the archives to keep quiet and not put out a press release announcing the November 2nd fine at the Penn-Biden Center. As Comer said, only two people could do that, Merrick Garland or Joe Biden. Right. Wow. Or both in cahoots. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. 
Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. This is Red Eye Radio. All across America and around the world, 86690 Red Eye. He is Eric Carley and I'm Gary McNamara. Download our Red Eye Radio app today and you can listen when and where you want if you can't listen live overnight on one of our great radio stations. Yeah, so just uh, reading here, and uh, I keep forgetting we've been gone two days. So there was news that came out like 36 hours ago that seems like it was two weeks ago. Yeah, right. But uh, the other story with it, the National Archives was blocked from informing the public about the initial discovery of classified documents uh, at uh, President Biden's former D.C. think tank by either the White House or the Department of Justice. The shocking revelation confirmed by a source familiar with the matter is from the New York Post has led to allegations of a double standard in how the National Archives and Records Administration and the Justice Department are prosecuting the investigations of Biden and former President Donald Trump for allegedly mishandling America's secrets. Representative James Comer of Kentucky revealed on Tuesday that Archives General Counsel Gary Stern in a closed-door interview said he could not tell lawmakers who had ordered the archives to keep quiet. Why? <laughs> did, uh, did that piece of paper become classified? Right. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that's classified. Yeah. We're classifying all the documents about Biden. We're going to classify all the documents about Biden mishandling classified documents. So everything is classified and we're going to classify it top secret, top secret. And therefore, nobody in the government except the president can look at it. Not even the Gang of Eight. <laughs> ah, we found a way. Yeah. Uh, but uh, he said uh, uh, said uh, that the uh, uh, archives general counsel said he could not tell lawmakers who ordered the archives uh, to keep quiet and not put out a press release, which means they had to make it classified. Yeah. What do you mean he can't tell? The only thing that would keep him from telling is that that they classified that information, right? Yeah, that's, I mean, otherwise the public can know. Right. And Comer said there are only two people that could have given those orders, and that's either the Department of Justice with Attorney General Merrick Garland or the White House with Joe Biden. So it shows uh, right there that this Department of Justice and this White House is interfering with this. Wow. I, I'm telling you everything. You know, you, you think about, uh, and we're going to talk politics here for a moment because we're dealing with politics. Uh, and, you know, politics, uh, politics, you know, and, and the momentum of politics and how you argue what's going on, which is a part of politics, also helps you communicate a message effectively to the public and helps you win. Mm-hmm. And when you look at this here, everything. Everything that's going on here uh, is just such a huge negative, whether it's Hunter Biden's lawyers, whether it's Joe Biden, whether it's Corrine Jean-Pierre, whether it's John Kirby. Doesn't matter who's out there speaking for the president. Every time they're out there, they're doing damage. Meanwhile, when you see the Democrats try to make a case about something, they're failing miserably. For example, on the Ilan Omar situation mm-hmm. and and uh, uh, Adam Schiff and Swalwell. Well, the Republicans are effectively communicating to the point where the polls are showing, oh, okay, they're getting the message across. Yeah. 
And that's a good thing because I believe what Kevin McCarthy is promoting and, you know, and what he is doing is has been effective. You and I talked about the whole thing on the budget thing. You notice the way that he is uh, phrasing it that, wait a minute, we need to get rid of this wasteful spending. It's almost as if he's looking precisely at the polls. The American public falsely believes that we can balance the budget by getting rid of wasteful spending and foreign aid. Right. Sorry, we can't, but that's what the public believes. Right. Inevitably, that's the first thing that people say when you talk about cutting the budget. So there is no talk about Social Security and Medicare. No, when you get into the details of, you know, anything that needs to be cut, that's where things start uh, getting very different in terms of the American public. Or needs to be reframed, how you, you know, how you, you know, what we're going to do with Social Security and Medicare long term, Mm -hmm. but it will run out of money. Right. The numbers tell you that. It's amazing the number of people I speak to. Well, no, they're not going to let that happen. Well, then fine. Then they're going to have to raise the retirement age to 70. Or 90. Or or 70 or 72 or 73. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I always wonder, since they're moving back on 401k, the minimum distribution, mm-hmm. whether that's also going to be excused to boot. <laughs> yeah, right. Are you? We're, we're letting you save more, so continue... Continue working. And look, we can't get young people to work, so old people go back to work because <laughs> we're going to move your Social Security back. And right. you seem to be dependable. I'm I'd, <laughs> being a little bit sarcastic there. I know a lot of young people that are very, very aggressive in the workplace. But that aggressiveness is bad because it, if you're aggressive in the workplace, remember, as the left tells you, you're a white supremacist. Uh, the <laughs> But... <laughs> But you you uh, you look at that and and how they're framing that, and again, it's about politics. Uh, look, uh, they just want to keep raising the credit limit. Would you keep raising the credit card limit if you had a, a kid who kept using it, or would you say, "Look, okay, we need to raise the credit card limit because there's some things you need, but you need to show, show some fiscal discipline." Well, that's a winning argument. We can't have the wasteful spending of our kids, and as long as he phrases it, wasteful spending they may be able to get some movement. I don't believe it's going to be movement that's at all going to change the trajectory of where we're heading uh, in the United States. But I hate to say this, it's better than nothing. It gets you on that path to at least talk about the fact, okay, we're cutting out wasteful spending. That's not enough. And eventually, as we've talked about, because uh, the polls show most people believe that if you get rid of of the foreign aid in this country and you get rid of of uh of the wasteful spending whatever that it means i don't know what that because you could sit there and look at wasteful spending and go well that was all the covid money well no that's not wasteful spending so what's the definition of wasteful spending well that's it and And, you know with uh kids and credit cards you know it's like they get the credit card bill and they look oh i need to cut back on spending and the next day they're spending again so, so you're asking the children what they think about it. And the fact of the matter is, is that when you get into the details, the American people aren't going to allow the real cuts that are necessary. But if you make any progress in the discussion, then maybe you demonstrate it long term. I don't know. My confidence isn't there, but 
We'll see where it goes. The fact of the matter is, is that it's, it is spiraled out of control. COVID was a big part of that, but we were on our way here one way or the other. Yeah. And, and, but it is a way to frame it because if you frame it in any other way, if you frame it that we're going to have to revamp social security and Medicare, the people don't want it. Mm-hmm. And if you look at social security and Medicare, I mean, that's why we laugh all the time when, when, uh, uh, when the left was talking about Medicare for everyone. You can't do some Medicare for some. Yeah. We can't even do some Medicare for some without bankrupting that. Right. And Medicare for all. Can't be done. We can't even do it. We can't do it part time. And you're saying we need to do it full time. Full time. For everybody. Number show. Exactly. Yeah. It, you can't be done. It's no, you're, you're not going to get that. Right. And, and so there's a huge problem that America doesn't want to face. Even Trump came out. Don't touch Medicare. Don't touch Social Security. Those can't even be talked about. You're going to have to talk about it eventually. Pretending it doesn't exist, whether it comes from Biden, the Democrats, or Trump, still means squat. Because eventually, you know, you see it. We, I've been, we've been covering the budget long enough. We see what's really been increasing. In the, and we see where, yep, the politicians who took money from the Social Security Trust and they say, yeah, but you know, we have IOUs that you owe. <laughs> yeah. That we owe. The IOUs, there is no trust fund to draw from. There yeah. isn't this money sitting in a lockbox. Mm-hmm. Remember Al Gore saying that? Mm-hmm. We need to put Social Security in a lockbox. Mm-hmm. What the hell does that even mean? You know, it, if it means we need to take that money and invest it, that's long gone because they've spent it all. You should have put it in Bitcoin while you had a chance. <laughs> oh, man, did you see? Oh, this is uh, – yeah, we'll talk about it a little later on, but you just made me think of um, the uh, – can't play it on the air because there's too much profanity in it, mm-hmm. but Bill Maher mm-hmm. and just the environment and young people who claim, oh, he said, young people, they don't care. They're just poor. They can't afford private jets. And he goes, and and young people, they're all into the Bitcoin and talked about how much electricity you need for cryptocurrency. Yeah, to mine. To just yeah, all right. the just all the electricity mm-hmm. that is that is needed for them and everything else. He goes, mm-hmm. they don't care. They just want to be rich. Mm-hmm. And it was the whole thing about the hypocrisy of the left on climate change. Here's an interesting thing, because his audience is all clapping. Did they change their politics? Or was it just explained to them what was going on? Because he sat there and he went, he he brought up George Clooney. He went through everybody who's taking a private jet. And he said, every environmentalist who has the capability takes private jets. Yeah. Well, look, There's every the climate one change czar. Yeah, he mentioned that, too. He mentioned you know, that, yeah. if it, which is to basically when he said people like me shouldn't be expected to fly commercial. Yeah. He basically was uh, giving cover to every celebrity, every person of wealth, to basically say the same thing. Well, yeah, we can't do that because, you know, security and whatnot. (laughs) His great line was, and why do all the celebrities who say they uh, care about climate change do the worst possible thing they can for climate change? And why don't they take commercial? 
He goes, check last Christmas. And it shows all these people sleeping out at the airport. Yeah, exactly. He goes, they're not going to do that. And he said, neither am I. He right. said, I may be, basically, I may be destroying the planet, but I'm not a hypocrite. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's, um, but when you just getting back here real quick, but it's been a political nightmare and I don't see it getting any better because every move they make is the wrong move. Everything gives yeah. more suspicion of the Biden administration here with the top secrets, with influence peddling, with Hunter Biden. Everything gets worse. Yeah, it does. Every response the administration does. Yep. Every single day there's something else that you go, oh, wow, that sucks. Well, yep. okay, what are they hiding? Right. Yeah, it is. And the public knows it. That's yep. why the public looks at the, the entire Hunter Biden and Joe Biden thing, and they want it investigated. Well, it's like they're having a contest internally to see who can botch it even worse the next day. They seriously, they do. I mean, if I were that's what this that's what, exactly what this feels like. Hunter Biden, uh, you shouldn't pay your lawyers for yesterday, right? Exactly. A little bit of advice. And Hunter Biden's lawyers stop doing crack. Put the put the pipe down <laughs> and walk away. Uh, otherwise, give if <laughs> so that isn't considered defamation. Then explain your complete ineptness yesterday because it was so bad. The only thing we can think of is it's got to be drug use. It 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 really feels like they're all smoking crack. Yeah, because lawyers at your it, level, you're out of your mind right. if you think for a moment that that was going to work. Yeah, if you didn't see. The world's largest boomerang before you threw it, then there is something wrong with you. That trial balloon was worse than the Chinese. Yeah. Okay, we had to throw that in there. We'll keep throwing stupid Yeah, why not? References. Yeah, just toss it up. And we'll get to that here. See if it floats like a balloon. Yeah. Yeah. Eight six six ninety red eye. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll-free at 866-90-RED-EYE. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carney, and I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. I did find the article in Fox about Bill Maher mm, from right. Friday. Uh, real-time host Bill Maher came clean on Friday night about his environmental sin. Uh, during his closing monologue, Maher told viewers that asking people to be good when it comes to going green hasn't worked. And so he took a different approach. My name is Bill. He did it like he yeah, like he was in AA. Mm. My name is Bill, and I fly private. Mm. Bill Maher turned to the camera and says, and so does every other person who calls themselves an environmentalist who can. He then aired a photo collage of countless celebrities being spotted boarding or leaving their private jets, Mm. which included Leonardo DiCaprio, George Clooney, Brad Pitt, Oprah Winfrey, uh, uh, Bono, um, Mark Zuckerberg, Jay-Z, even prominent Democrats like Bill Clinton, as well as Senator Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren. Mm. If you don't see a celebrity's picture here, it's because we weren't allowed to use it. 
but all the environmentalists in Hollywood and Washington do it. Their position on climate change is we must do more to stop pouring carbon into the air, except for me when I wanted to go somewhere and then I take a private jet. It turns out that there is one thing in this world that is completely impossible to resist, and this is it. Like heroin, if you do it once, you'll never stop. Yeah. He told uh, his audience there are only two kinds of people in the world, those who fly private and those who wish they could, adding that the category of those who could but do not exist with the exceptions of two people, actor Ed Begley and child activist Greta Thunberg. Yeah. Everyone else is full of... Mm -hmm. (laughs) And he says, and I'm done being full of blank. Mm -hmm. I can take being a bad environmentalist because... Almost all of us are, but I can't take being a hypocrite. Now, uh, now I always justified renting a plane because I only used it for work and literally could not get to most of my stand-up gigs uh, any other way. How do you think I did it for all those years, saying goodnight here at 8 p.m. and was on stage in Vegas at 10? But I don't need to do stand-up like tomorrow night in Albuquerque. He <laughs> <laughs> said, outside of heads of state. Almost everyone else could fly commercial. Why don't they? Ask anyone who tried to get home Christmas of last year. Hmm. He went on to call out John Kerry, the administration's climate czar, Mm -hmm. for his use of private jets, saying it's like if the Secretary of Homeland Security smuggled drugs in his butt. People take jets to environmental conferences. If you could run TED Talks on hypocrisy, you wouldn't need coal. Wow. And then he went on to talk about how he got the first generation Prius, how he got one of the first Teslas in 2010. He said, and honestly, both cars sucked. (laughs) (laughs) So there you go. So, Hmm. well... Look, it's what everybody knows, and I think that's why you saw his audience applaud. They know. Yeah, they, they know. get it. It's and, not a secret. And and our point's always been, and he, I don't believe he brought up this point. If the world's really going to end, then why don't they, why do they just talk and not behave as if the world is going to end? Right. Because they know their line yep yep and we said that all along it's not just about being a hypocrite it's if it's really that serious and we know that all the predictions on climate change all the doomsday predictions never came true no but they they want you to change what you're doing and we get to fly private jets so yeah the american people know
What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. The IRS, the world's most aggressive collection agency. They can seize your property, bank account, and garnish your wages. They cause sleep. The Bonus Show. In Twilight Radio, he is Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 86690-RED-EYE. Uh, and now the questions, this is really be interesting. This story is pretty new. I didn't see it until I uh, woke up, which was about 9.30 last night. Mm-hmm. And it was the Chinese, the uh, suspected Chinese spy balloon. And just what a bizarre story that is. Number one, because the thing you're thinking of is it would be some type of uh, you know, to <laughs> some type of uh, very, very fast high spy plane that you would be thinking of, right? Yeah. Right, Not a slow-moving right. balloon that's being moved. Right. Well, I don't know how the balloons move. I don't know whether it's just drifts in the air or goes whatever, but they had spotted it over Alaska and over Canada, and then it was at some point sitting over Montana. Uh, nobody is saying where it is now. Uh, but when it was over Montana, you had... Uh, the Republican senator there, Steve Dane, sent a letter to the Department of Defense demanding answers. Uh, ICBM fields are located there, mm. intercontinental ballistic missiles, in case anybody doesn't know uh, what that is. And, you know, it's in our generation, you just knew ICBM. I realize many young people might not even know that term. Right. Uh, those are the missiles that you fire at Russia or China when they fire them at us. Those are, you know, nuclear-tipped warheads. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, he has significant concern that uh, those uh, those ICM, ICBM fields were targeted. Just a bizarre story because the Pentagon came out and said they advised President Biden to do nothing about it, that not to shoot it down. And the question is why? Now, they claim that the balloon, no, they really weren't clear in the statement but said it, you know, does not it it does not have intelligence capabilities. Is that because you use something to ensure that it does not? Yeah, and, um, you know the the you know the claim that if we shoot it down, it has heavy equipment, and we can't be assured that there would be no civilian casualties on the ground. Um, all right, then was this disabled by the U.S. In terms of the information that it's gathering, what measures were taken? And where's the balloon now? You know, if it's it's not weaponized, it's not a threat. Well, gathering intel is a threat. So what do we know about the ability for this device to gather any intel? Would be the question. So... You know, and look, you understand why 
you can't shoot it down because you can't guarantee where it's going to fall. You can't you don't know where it's going to go. And you can't have it land in a populated area and you can't control where it's going to land. And we don't know where it is now. Right. So that's the question. Does it still have the ability? And we were asking the question earlier, uh, were they jumping ahead of this because this was leaked? Is the Pentagon forced to talk about this because somebody knew something and, and or the media got something? I don't know about the initial reports. Like you, I saw this in the evening. But why did they release the information? I guess would be the question. Yeah. If it's no threat to anybody on the ground, you can't see it from the ground, then why release the information? Uh, is it once the balloon was detected, the U.S. government acted immediately to protect against the collection of sensitive information? Right. How? Right. All I want to know is, you know, specifically, you know, we used our we used our technology to disable it, which means was was this? Do you believe? I mean, you had to because here's some of the questions. Which again, uh, you've already said the balloons up there, so the question would be, how do you know it was an how do you know that the balloon was was uh, gathering intelligence, mm-hmm. or do you believe it was? How do you know it was? And in order to disable it, you had to know that it was actually spying right. on us and gathering the intelligence. Right. Now, is that because you knew? I mean, what, was it collecting the information and expected to go to China? Hmm. Or was it sending it out and you were able to tap into those whatever radio waves it would be? And there's the thing, you know something, though? This administration gives you a story and then doesn't answer any of your questions. Yeah. Sorry, we can't answer any questions. Here it is, but we can't answer anything. You have to be able to answer questions. Well, that again, that's my that's my question here is, okay, then why did you issue a statement at all? Yeah. Is it because that the sources were going to uh, put this media out or put the story out in the media? But that would be, you know, I, I think the, the question on everybody's mind is, all right, how bad is this problem? How concerned should we be? Yeah, there are lots of things that happen that we don't know about. Right. You know, we talk about classified information. There are a lot of things that happen. Why were we told about this? Right. What is your reason for releasing that's, it? Was you know, that's the first thing that hit me. Why is the Pentagon releasing this? But typically, if a story, if they believe a story is going to hit the media through a leak, they try and get ahead of it. So it could be that. Otherwise, why do you put it out? Because you're really not going to answer the ultimate question here, and that is, is the threat still there? Their ability to gather the intel. Does that still exist? And what do we do about it? How do we keep this from happening? And here's the other thing, the, this part of the story. 
senior defense officials said the government has been tracking the balloon for some time mm-hmm. and said it entered U.S. airspace a couple, a couple of days ago. Right. While maintaining that the balloon doesn't present a military threat to the U.S., the officials said it isn't uh, that it it likely isn't gathering any information of significant value to the People's Republic of China. So you're saying isn't or wasn't? Sorry, but I've got to parse words with this administration mm-hmm. after Afghanistan and right. the absolute line to the American public uh, about the situation there, which helped to get 13 U.S. soldiers killed. And if so, it's if it's not gathering information that would be useful to China, then what is it doing? Is Are you right. saying that's their intent? But they don't they're not able to to do that. And therefore, the the entire purpose of the balloon really isn't, you know, isn't playing out the way they intended. Or are you saying that it's there for another purpose? I again and then you had to ask what what would otherwise be stupid questions. And then you add this. They're trying to fly, fly this balloon over sensitive sites, one of which was just mentioned to collect information, the official said adding that it's not the first time that a balloon of this nature right. has been over the United States. Right. So then the next question is, well, how many of these balloons are you are they flying? Why haven't you convinced them to stop flying these balloons? Right, right. What are these balloons like? You know, what type of maneuverability do they have? Are they just following uh the, you know, the the wind and how come this time you told us about the balloon? Why are you talking and not saying anything? Why are you talking now and why are you talking and not saying anything? Because if you're if you want the public to be aware of something, then you would give them something that, you know, that you could at least talk about to the extent where you could answer the question. Does China still have this ability? And if not, why? And that's why we said everything this administration does. They come out, they tell you stuff. And they say we're being transparent and telling you everything we know, and they're not telling you everything that they know. They're lying to you about that, and then they're not answering any of your questions and giving you any type of information that gives you any type of, I don't want to say conclusion, but anything that is that that is specific to give you a better understanding as to what's going on and precisely what the U.S. is doing. Or what the administration is doing. Right. And I mean this on the, the, the top secrets, the laptop, this. As you just said there, they talk, but you don't get any information. You don't learn anything. So you're talking in a situation where you typically wouldn't talk, but you're still not saying anything. <laughs> because if this happened and... The Pentagon took care of the threat, then, all right, and and the American people didn't find out about it. All right. I get it. But you release this information knowing, first of all, something like this is going to be pretty big news. I mean, it was viral by the time, you know, know, this, this went out. Probably within an hour, this was viral. You know that's going to happen. And you know the ultimate question is going to be, all right, uh, what did you do about it? And what threat still exists? And 
the McCarthy's calling for the gang of eight to be consulted on it. Does that mean they've never been consulted on it? Right. Does that mean the House and Senate Intelligence Committee has never been consulted on this and this continues to happen? Right. And it wasn't a story. Now it is a story. Right. Sorry, everything that comes out of this administration, you have to be suspicious of. Right. Especially after Afghanistan, when we know the president lied. And I don't remember a case in modern history where a president lied about what his top generals told him. Right. No, I don't. And we've stated this since the whole Afghanistan debacle. He lied about what every general told him. And how do we know? Because then those generals testified afterwards under oath and said, no, we didn't tell the president that. Hmm. Here's what we told the president. Right. That there should be a limited force that stays in Afghanistan. Right. That's what they... And so, and he lied about it. And so I don't trust anything that comes out of the administration when they release it to the American public. Why? They haven't earned my trust because they've lied to us already and a big lie. Yep. 866-90-RED-EYE. We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara. With the Love's Express card, you save up to 14 cents per gallon, $25 on tire purchases and... It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. Coming up following the uh, top of the hour, Bernie Sanders is criticized for his anti-capitalism speech where tickets went as high as 100 bucks. Oh. Hmm. <laughs> you who, must, who, who could afford such tickets? You You must understand, though, it is okay. This is where... We have to understand it's okay to promote socialism and anti-capitalism while still making money within the system so you can promote the fact that you hate the system even though you love the system and have three homes because of the system. And a cool car. Because it doesn't matter and taking private jets, as Bill Maher caught the picture of Bernie Sanders taking Mm. a private jet. Yes. We've stated this many, many times before. Is there actually any true belief that the Democrats have besides being against what the opposition is? Because where do they really stand? Right. On capitalism, if you did an anti-capitalism speech, I would even know that not to be viewed as a hypocrite, you do it for free, right? Yeah. Right. Especially if you're going to give an anti-capitalism speech, knowing you don't charge a hundred bucks a right. head. If it was, if it was for anti-capitalism, right. if it was a buck, you could see it. We need to take care of expenses. Two bucks, five bucks. Okay, but <laughs> it's like you can't make this stuff up. But it's the same thing with the climate change, as Bill Maher, uh, you know, brought out mm. that hey, these people really don't believe. They don't believe that the world's ending. Otherwise, they wouldn't be on the private jets. No. No. And so is the only thing that the left and the Democrats believe in is power. Power by any means possible. We don't care. Now, some of the things that they really promote they believe in, we don't see the political advantage of it. 
which means this must be their real political beliefs, are things like the liberal transgender activist movement. Otherwise, mm-hmm. why would you stick with something that 99.9% of the people know is pure manure? Right. Why would you stick with it? Right. Everybody knows that a biological male can't be a biological female because the biological male says so. Every single Democrat in the House voted for that a couple of years back. Well, but look, why deal with reality at all? Do you think they're outspending their uh, their their credibility even with the far left? Yeah. Not that the far left yeah. doesn't want them to get things done, but the far left looking rank and file looking at this going, okay, guys, you got to have new tactics. <laughs> yes. <laughs> This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Hey, that's part one of our show. Don't miss the rest. Click part two on our website, redeyeradioshow.com, or Red Eye Radio phone app to hear the rest of the show. And thanks for listening to Red Eye Radio. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together... It's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. Right? How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra driver? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Guest star Sarah Carter as Alicia Baker. Although I didn't really work with her a lot. But Tom did, and they had some real big smoochy scenes. Yeah. Do we talk about that? Could there be any more sex? What was a three-page makeout scene that just kept going? Good Lord. We get it. They have chemistry. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen.